Stories, fables, ghostly tales. The Blood Canvas Finale. Listeners, this is a continuation of The Blood Canvas by Wittix. This episode is not for little ears. Supporter thank yous for this episode will be at the end of this episode, so sit back and enjoy the tailmates. The link to part one will be in the episode notes, just in case you missed it. Now let's jump right on in. Day four. Nothing attacked me today, but I still thought it would be beneficial to get these thoughts out of my head. Let's talk about the old world. I don't even know what to think about it. I keep contradicting myself when I think about it. I mean, yeah, it was full of color and happiness. But at the same time, no. No, it wasn't. I hated the old world. And I still do. Just less than the blood canvas. I never quite felt the tinge of happiness that everyone else has. I've resented all of them for possessing it. But god fucking damn it. I'm not special. I'm not different. We all felt like that at one time or another, right? So why am I chosen to be trapped in this world? Was it by chance? Or by choice? And whose choice was it? I don't understand. I don't know how to save myself. And it's not like there's anyone to turn to. Everyone is gone, except for you, I mean. Obviously, someone's heard my cries of frustration, how are we able to communicate? Are you trapped here too? I don't know. I don't know shit. I did cut myself again, earlier. No reason, I just simply wanted to see a color again. I took the blade to my hip and dug it deep into my flesh. It was a darker red than I had seen in a while, which was a refreshing change of pace. It gave me a good rush. You see, I cut my hips so that the wound would constantly rub against my pants as I walked around, never fully healing and leaving me languid all day. It's a crusty mess of a scab right now. The drones can't see it either. That's a nice bonus. I've started carrying a razor in case I ever need to defend myself again. It is kind of cool being the last human alive, at least as far as I know, giving me something to fight for. But holy shit is it lonely. I never realized how important it was to actually see other human beings every day, whether I wished to speak with them or not. And there was the odd person that I could talk to every now and again. The blood canvas is just so empty. Of course, if I saw another human being, I'd probably do something despicable. I mean, as long as there's no drones around, this world is technically consequence-free. I wouldn't mind cutting up another person just for the hell of it. I'd slice up a drone. But that just wouldn't be as satisfying. They wouldn't realize what was going on until it was too late. I want to see the fear and panic in another's eyes as I cut their lifeline short. I want to feel their blood on my hands. I want to feel my blade cut down to their bone. I want to feel my fingers in their eye sockets, gouging them out, twisting, 
and eliciting anguish and agony. And then I want them to die. I want them to regret leaving me so alone. Retribution for myself in the old world. I have control here in the blood canvas. Christ, that sounds awful. I, I don't mean it. Sorry, I got a bit carried away. God, I hate thinking like that. Really, I do. Sometimes I get flashes back to my old life. Yeah, I suppose I've buried that enough. But come on, I'm stuck in another world. You can hardly blame me. I don't know what was worse, my peers at school or my parents at home. Sure, it's one thing to have everyone stare at you and call you a whore or a slut behind your back. Or to your face if they're feeling particularly brave. But it's another to come home and hear your parents discussing their misguided child and trying to fix you. I'm not a social person. My lack of friends or allies was something I grew accustomed to. And it even helps me cope with the loneliness now. Shit. I don't know why I'm talking about this. It's inconsequential to my current situation. And no one wants to listen to it. Day 9 It's been a few days. Nothing interesting happened until yesterday, when I met another human, or at least another person like me, a young girl, around my age, seemingly appearing out of the mist. At first, I was obviously suspicious. After all, the only other apparition that had appeared tried to kill me. I met her on campus. I'd never seen her before, but there she was, wandering around, looking just as confused as I was when I first entered the canvas. She was shaded in black and white like everything else, but I could make out a few of her features. First, she had nice, long, smooth, dark hair. What color it was previously, I couldn't tell. I could see that she wore traces of makeup and eyeshadow, although both were beginning to fall into states of disrepair. She had dark eyes, and a few freckles scattered about her face. She was pale, like me, and, if we're being honest here, she had a great, slim figure. Seriously, I could go on, but I won't. I want to keep this short. She was surprised at my presence and asked where the hell we were. Instantly, I fell in love with her voice, although just listening to someone other than myself talk was what I really needed. I told her we were trapped in another world, and asked how she survived here. She offered the same explanation that I offered you, detailing how the world began to subtly shift into the total overhaul that is the blood canvas. I asked her name. It was Carmen. Carmen seemed rather... Eh, distant, which is understandable. I was lost too upon entering this world. She talks slowly, as if she is constantly computing what she's saying and what she'll have to say. Quiet, soft voice. God, I love it. I made an attempt to befriend her, and she shyly accepted, not having much of a choice. After all, we're still alone in some strange level of purgatory. That's why I want to keep this short. She is coming over to hang out soon. I don't even know what to talk about. I haven't had a conversation in weeks. She doesn't seem interested in talking about the blood canvas. I haven't told her my official name for it yet. Instead, choosing to focus on the old world. Which is fine. I let her talk and in turn listen. 
something no one else can do in this world. She told me she hasn't seen any strange creatures like the Hanger or the Burned. She did say she was afraid of the drones though, mostly because of their eerie appearance. I don't blame her. The drones are getting a bit testier. They stare at me more and more now, especially when I'm with Carmen. She's the polar opposite of me. Positive, hopeful, kind, gentle, wispy, sociable, smart, funny, memorable, likable, good-looking, really, really good-looking, not covered in self-inflicted wounds. It's amazing that she's here in the first place. I feel so at ease in her aura. Of course, that's a bad thing, and I need to constantly be alert. Still, good God. I've never felt this feeling before, and it feels so, so great. Better than the artificial bliss I created for myself earlier. I haven't cut myself any more since meeting her. Haven't needed to. Day 12. I'm going to ask her out. I realize how pointless and how strange it is, really. I'm not sure I'm really her type, if you catch my drift. A gesture that in this world like this, where we're the only people remaining, but I still want to have the experience, and I feel it's the right choice. I'm giddy with excitement. Things are looking better, literally. Carmen appears to glow. I can actually see tinges of color emanating from her. The first was obviously red, but I swear I've seen glimpses of blue and green. Blue eyes, I swear she has blue eyes. I'm afraid to ask her. She doesn't like being reminded that she's trapped in this alternate dimension. Anything beats the black and white drawl. The sun still burns bright, bleach white. And the ground is still flesh and bleeds, but damn it, my whole world has actually changed. I also haven't seen any other hostile abominations, and neither is common. It's like she keeps them away. Hey... I'm not complaining, we've spent more and more time together, which makes sense, seeing as there is nothing else to do in this world. She tries to ignore it, tells herself that it's just like the old world. It's not, but we don't acknowledge it. The drones are still acting strangely, at least when we're together anyways. All they do is stare at me. Actually, no, that's a lie. They only stare at me when I'm with Carmen. Alone, I'm invisible to them. I've since broken most of my routines to be closer to her. The drones haven't seemed to care as much as they should. Something's off with them. I just can't figure out what. Carmen's noticed it too. We've discussed the drones at length, trying to determine their purpose in this world. The best we could come up with is that they must be integral somehow, vital to keep it turning. Unthinking and unfeeling, put here with a single purpose. We've tried interacting with them, only to get no response but a glare. They're deaf to it all. This is going to be short. I need to go see her again. I'm almost afraid that I'm beginning to rely on her. Almost. I don't mind that much. I don't quite know how I'm going to ask her. I could do something spectacular. She would not expect that. I don't know. I'll let you know if it works. Day 13. It worked. Day 19. Color. It's back. I can't believe what I've been missing. Okay, it's not a total miracle. There's still some black and white, 
The ground is still made of flesh and the drones still roam about, but holy shit, am I finally happy. Well, maybe I'm not happy. Maybe I'm just not depressed anymore. Things are definitely looking up, something I never thought possible. I don't even know what to say here. I'm so good at bitching and complaining, not so much saying positive things, but I'm getting better. So is Carmen. It's nice to finally have a real friend, not to mention a girlfriend. Sure, we were pushed together through necessity, but that's beside the point. God, she makes me feel so special, so noticed. She pays attention to me, and as much as I hate to admit it, I crave attention. She's happy right now, and by extension, so am I. Damn, I can't get over how nice it is to see colors other than black and white. But there is something strange going on. It's like the world's pushing back. It can't stand to see me happy. It craves my blood. I know it does. I felt the urge many, many times. But I haven't cut myself since meeting Carmen. That's a huge step forward. I still carry a razor though, just in case. God knows what's out there. We talked about possibly leaving, going off to start a new life. See if there are any others out there. But we're still stuck here. Like we have unfinished business to take care of. So we both agreed to stick around a bit longer and see what happens. She's coming up later. I think we're going to take a nice walk down to the park. There's a bridge overlooking a nearby river. Carmen says you can see the blue in it. Honestly, I just want to be with her. I'm happy wherever we go. Not that there's many places left. She refuses to be near droned any longer than need be, and the ground isn't exactly perfect for a picnic. Shit. This may be the last one. I've got nothing else to really say. The blood canvas is fading away and I have a new view on life. Things are okay. Day 25 Fuck! I don't even know where to fucking start. Everything's fucked. I should have known something was wrong. That things would never go back to normal. It's the goddamn world. It does not want me to be content. It won't leave me be. Shit, where do I start? This happened yesterday. I was just too upset to actually talk about it. We were out walking, Carmen and I, when I first noticed that the color of this world had begun to fade again. That should have been the first sign that something was wrong, but I had my guard down. I wasn't ready. I was too happy, lacking the necessary depression that we all need to function. Well, we were out walking by one of our favorite spots, the bridge and river I mentioned a few days back, when Carmen decided we should stop and take in the surroundings. I agreed. It was a nice place to be. We were about 50 feet above a river, which roared and raged about, creating a fantastic ambience. Few drones ever permeated around this spot, making it all more likable. It was a nice, calm, serene scene. God, do I still remember it. There wasn't any color. That wasn't incredibly unusual. In fact, I was completely used to it. Still, it was marginally unsettling. But we were enjoying ourselves, leaning over the railing and talking. We were discussing the old world. I talked about how much I hated and almost preferred this world, while Carmen talked about how lonely she currently was and how she desired to find a way back. Then she started getting more descriptive, 
more, uh, literal. I'll reiterate the conversation to the best of my memory here. How do you think we get back? She asked. Why would you want to go back? We have all the freedom in this world, and we have each other. Oh no, don't get me wrong, it's not you. I love being with you, it's just, I guess I miss my family, my friends. I miss the color and warmth of the old world. The blood canvas is just so dark and disturbing. You're the only thing worth a damn here. I never told you I called this place the blood canvas. Oh, well, I mean, that's what I've been calling it, I guess. I mean, blood used to be the only thing that brought color here. Until you showed up. Until you showed up, I said. I wish we could capture this moment forever. Yeah, it's just... What's bothering you, Carmen? It's something. You're not the ball of happiness you usually are. I just don't know if I can go on living in this world, she said. Don't talk like that. That's what the world wants. It wants us to end our lives. But we're better than that. Together, I'm sorry, I just can't. It'd be so simple. We could jump. Together, she said. What? I'm not ending my life, and neither are... She stood up on the railing and offered her hand to me. Without thinking, I stood up there next to her. We're, We're done, done with, with this world. world. Let's face the next one, together, she said. I mean, I don't know. Shh. Her voice was soothing. Close your eyes. Don't think about it. Jump with me. I closed my eyes, thinking that maybe this was the most logical thing to do. I was ready for the next world, and I had Carmen. Surely we'd go to the same place. I thought back to my time in the old world, my family, my former friends, my former life. Then I thought about the blood canvas, and how quickly I'd grown accustomed to it. I didn't hate it like Carmen did, but I was ready to follow her, to obey her wishes. But doubt still lingered in my mind. No, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't jump. There was still more I could do. I wanted to understand the canvas, not give in to it. If I could understand it, maybe I could find the exit out of here. I had to back down. I wouldn't let come and jump either. Sure, I had tried before, and sure, this world has sent two of its agents to end me, but I was better than them. Despite my better judgment, I still wanted to live my life. I wouldn't do it. I opened my eyes and looked at Carmen, but Carmen wasn't standing there. In her place stood some unholy, unnatural abomination. It wore her skin, but it was not Carmen. It couldn't have been. Its clothes were stained with red, dry, cracked bloodstains, lingering on as if they'd been there a few days. Its left arm was broken in two, cracked in the middle, and hanging limply at its side. I had been holding it and released it immediately in shock. Then it turned to look at me. It had Carmen's face all right, except the top half was missing, as if someone had popped it open like a grape. There was an uneven, slanted line of flesh and blood that showed the divide. Compressed. That was the word. Her face was removed and compressed in. Her previously slender and soft neck 
was scrunched up in jagged lines and drenched in red. The thing's smile ran cheek to cheek, overflowing wickedly with joy at my discomfort. Blood leaked from the open wound that was her face. There was no way that this was the common that I had spent tireless days with, that I had cared about, that I had loved. A trick. A wolf in sheep's clothing. That's what it was. It couldn't be real. Yes, the sun had gone out, sure. The people had changed into brainless drones. Yeah, I had cut myself to drive the other creatures away. But Carmen could not be this thing. I stood there dumbfounded. It reached towards me with its working hand. Jump with me. It spoke through clenched teeth, never breaking its insidious grin. And it still had Carmen's majestic and gleeful voice. Out of everything, its voice was what really stunned me. I stumbled backwards, nearly falling onto my back in horror. It still stood on the railing and bent down to put its face even with mine. I, I can't. You're not, you're not the same. I struggled to find words. The thing didn't struggle in the least. Weak, pathetic, scared. Hearing those words in Carmen's voice broke something inside of me. The creature never broke its hideous grin and went on. I'm offering you a way out. That's what you've been wanting this whole time, right? I, no. No, that's not what I want. Liar, you're afraid. You're afraid of what comes next. I could smell its foul breath, tainted with blood and death. No, no, I am not. Its grin widened. The thing grabbed my arm and pulled me closer. Our faces pressed against each other. Its voice changed from Carmen's. It deepened and took on a more ferocious and aggressive growl. Demonic, even. Then prove it. Jump. Kill yourself. Do it. Coward. Pathetic. Loser. Whore. Slut. No one loves you. No one gives a shit about you. No one ever will. You're lost in this world. Trying to find your way out. Give up. Jump. No. I'm better than this world. Fuck. This is your fault. Carmen and I had a life together until you came along and screwed it up, you sick fuck. Its voice reverted back to Carmen's. What are you talking about? I'm right here with you. You still find me attractive, right? You still love me, right? It rubbed its working hand up and down its body. No! You're... you're not real! Oh... Its voice deepened again. A clever one. Tell me, what makes me less real than everything else in this sick, sick world? I had no words to answer that, instead, I dug out the razor I'd been keeping, just in case something like this happened, put it to my arm and dragged it across, crimson once again oozed out of the fresh wound. 
trade your problems away. Can't even answer the fucking question. Its voice twisted, obviously in pain. It's not that simple, your problems. They'll bury you before you bury them. Farewell, my friend. Good luck finding someone else to give you attention. It switched back to Carmen's voice, one final time. I love you. It blew me a kiss and dropped off the bridge, falling into the river and rocks below. I didn't look for the body, choosing instead to dig deeper into my flesh. Control and assurance returning to my body. Day 32 It's been a week. I spent it in loneliness and depression. The drones are gone. I barely noticed. It's just me now. I can't believe I missed their presence. Nothing matters anymore. If Carmen had asked me to jump with her now, I would have done it. I looked at myself in the mirror yesterday, wondering what had become of me in the month I've been trapped here. I looked about what I expected. Skinny, malnourished, broken, sullen, disgusting, filthy, unhealthy, unattractive, and altogether miserable. I don't even see blood anymore. That color has been lost. The feeling of ecstasy it once brought me has faded away along with it. I stared at myself for a good 15 minutes, wondering just what in the hell to do with myself. And then my reflection moved, on its own will. I watched it take out the blade I kept in my pocket and put it to its wrists. Then it sliced it clean, open, in a near-perfect cut. Dark grey liquid flowed from its wrist and poured onto the counter adjacent to it. Then, with some difficulty, my reflection repeated the process with its other wrist. Its arms were drenched in presumably blood as it held them out towards me, for me to observe. It grinned at me, and then fell to the floor lifelessly. I shook my head, and my normal reflection appeared again. A glimpse of the future. If I followed my current path, sloth, a path of laziness. My reflection was right. It's time to end this. I'm concluding my story, hoping someone else can make sense of it. I'm finally fed up completely with this world, and am ready to move on. I'm tired of running from my problems. I'm getting rid of them for good now. I'm finally taking control, real control, putting my life into my own hands. And I choose to leave the blood canvas. So Doc, that's it. That ends my story for today's session. What do you think? Am I a crazy teenager or what? It got a little dramatic at the end there, but overall, I quite enjoyed it. It's been an interesting month, hasn't it? And I certainly wouldn't use the word crazy. 
We all have our ways of coping with stress and difficulties in our lives. May I see your arms, please? Sure. My arm is my canvas, my blade, my brush. Together, they make art. Aren't they beautiful? Indeed. Now, I want you to realize that you can't punish yourself like this. We have talked about this numerous times. You know you can't keep hurting yourself like this. There are those that genuinely care about you. You've had a very troubling month. You're confused about your sexuality. You're alone. But you realize that you're winning the fight. Correct? Every day you are still alive. You are winning that internal struggle of yours. And you're making progress. Don't forget that. Thank you. You're most welcome. Let's talk more about these, uh, creatures that cause you to punish yourself. What do you think that girl in the mirror represents? I told you, it's me if I keep doing this. So you realize that you can't keep doing this to yourself? Yes, that's what I said at the end. I want to leave this world. I'm going to listen to you. I need someone else to pull me out of the blood canvas. I'm glad to hear that. First, we need a better way to deal with these punishments. These creatures. Oh, they're not punishments. Oh? What would you call them? Justifications. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed the finale of The Blood Canvas. Turns out he was reciting from a journal. Their inner thoughts, their demons, their fears. I found a really good interpretation of this story by a user who posted their thoughts regarding The Blood Canvas. And here's what they wrote. I think the story is about sexuality and how one accepts and discovers their own. The protagonist is a lesbian and is slowly realizing this. I got this idea about how color enters her world when she first sees and meets Carmen. The hanger is the boys that flirt with her, but she's afraid of them. The burner is her family, trying to vomit down her throat and make her normal, just like them. She fends them off as well. Everyone else is just everyday people that are part of the normal world. They gaze at her every time she does something out of the ordinary. That's the drones. I believe the reason they are scared of her blood is because they don't want to be part of her suffering. It is weird to explain, but I think it's the same reaction as when people who don't do drugs try to get away from addicts and suicidal people. Lastly, I think that the protagonist is either abusing drugs or is hurting herself or wants to kill herself. Listeners, what are your thoughts? And now, to my thank yous. Woo! Now, I wanted to continue the theme of creatures because I think the premise of this landscape and the world is just wonderful. Wonderfully creepy, that is. So here's to my old night tea titans. Matthew J. Bauer. Bone Rattler. The blood canvas is a strange place indeed. Creatures of all kinds reside there, slipping and slinking in and out of existence. But should you walk the plains and feel alone, with no other creatures in sight, be wary. For there is one creature that thrives in this loneliness, and that's the Bone Rattler. You'll first see it as a bump in the ground, sort of like a rolled up towel where the creases originate from the earth itself. Then it will shift like a worm, writhing as if electrified under the surface of the ground. 
Then when close enough, it will show itself and its true form, erupting from the bloodied earth with bone-like structures protruding from its sides, pulling its prey under to never be seen again. Oh yes, indeed, a creature to be feared. So tread carefully. Maya, the Rollers. Walking in the vast emptiness of the blood canvas, you'll encounter many creatures, and should you survive such encounters, you'll inevitably encounter the Roller, a large, disc-shaped creature with the ability to teleport short distances and create merry images of itself. Its true danger isn't that it devours you or digests you, but rather it teleports a human in a random direction for miles from the origin point, and upon landing, retrieves the energy necessary to fuel that distance covered. Bodies have been witnessed to appear out of thin air, and for that person to land on the ground, get up, walk a couple of paces, then fade away into dust. One can only assume that the distance covered was far too great for their body to handle. When you see the rollers, remain still. And if you spot one close, rest assured that on its body is a yellow rim, or you've been trapped by the mirror image of itself. Good luck, and may your travels be short. Solstra, the Vacuity. In plain sight hides a dangerous creature, one whose energy source is unknown, and there is a creature that consumes indefinitely. Vacuities are blips of the blood canvas planes, randomly appearing and causing life, if you can call it that in this world, to implode. There is no defense known, but one should know that if you are near its origin point, you'll feel a gentle breeze, high pitch ringing, and a vibration at your feet. If you're quick enough and quiet enough, you'll hear the sound and feel its telltale signs. You might be able to escape its pull, but should you encounter a vacuity of large radius, pray that it engulfs you completely. For if it merely grazes you, this creature, this void and nullifier of life, will pull you in piece by piece, consuming you and causing pain that only the horrors of the void can bring. Walk carefully and listen closely. Thank all of you for supporting me at this level, mates. More new music is on the way, as always, and it's all thanks to you lovelies. And I'm working hard at adding them into the new story lineups. Every episode, you lot put a smile on my face. Cheers, mates. My white tea warlords. I own cows. The bulldozers. This creature is unique. Two horns protrude out of the plains. They look like small spires, objects. These are the telltale signs of the bulldozer, ready to strike. Drones have often been seen impaled or coiled in these strange silken threads. At least that's what they look like, because when you get close, they'll begin to knot together, creating pyramid-like shapes out of the ground. And the closer you get, the more it will change, luring you in. They fray and form into pointed edges, and then its final form, it begins to take shape of horns. At this point, consider your life forfeit, as an eruption so great will occur to knock you off your feet bursting out of the earth from under you. Beneath this eruption lies horns and gnashing teeth, a giant tongue and a beast of monstrous proportions. So, walk carefully and with caution 
and avoid these strange silken threads. Libawa, the daffodils. Nothing but flesh grass grows on the blood canvas, but there are some plant-like creatures called daffodils that patter in clusters around random places of the plains, often seen close to bulldozers, soaking up remnants of victims they consume. But they are, of course, in their own right, monsters of the plains. Daffodils look like a regular plant, petals and all, but they emit high frequencies when its prey comes too close, releasing invisible pockets of highly pressurized bubbles that when made contact with, erupt into devastating localized high-pressure blasts. A simple floating bubble on contact with a finger is enough to blast it clean off. And it's not uncommon to find corpses of its prey splattered across the plains as a group of these daffodils defend themselves. One plant that should not be picked. Mates, I hope you enjoyed your stories and thank you so, so much for your support. Your comments and emails keep me smiling from ear to ear, mates. Your support is greatly appreciated. And of course, my Ograin forces, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Lorraine Crisanto, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, and Divided by Zero. Thank you all for your support. Stay brilliant, mates, and stay safe. The COVID-19 virus is running rampant around the world, and I wish all of you complete safety and to take any preventative measures that you can. The best measure, in my opinion, is avoid crowds. I might do a piece on COVID-19 next week, so stay tuned. But let me know, though, if you hate the idea of me doing that, because you might just want to relax and chill on my scary stories, forgetting about all this mayhem out there. I'm keen to hear your feedback, though, nonetheless. Now, mates, have a wonderful weekend. And as always, till next we meet.